Welcome to episode 29 of RJ Bell's Dream Preview MLB Edition. My name is Taylor Ringgold and my co-host is here, Griffin Warner. The guy is sick, not feeling well, but we are both still going to be doing pots. I did it when I was on vacation. He's doing it when he's sick. I did it when I was sick. We are always grinding. Just remember that from pregames, RJ Bell, Dream Preview, MLB edition episodes, we don't stop. And ain't that right, Griff? Yeah, uh, it might be a HIPAA violation, but since it's out in the air, unfortunately, yes, I am inflicted, infected with the COVID and uh, cost me a trip to the Hamptons. And I, I'm I'm very broken up about it, but I wouldn't. I, there's no place I'd rather be than on the airwaves, talk some baseball with my guy at Taylor Ringgold. Griff, that was very well said. And we will miss you because I actually will be out in the Hamptons as well. We were almost, look, we, we actually have never met in person. For the people listening at home, we've never met in person. He lives in Central Time. You live in where again? You live in Dallas. Dallas, right? I knew that. And then I live here in Oldham, New York on the east side. So we almost had an opportunity to maybe hang out, get a drink, but there will always be another day. You know, there will be, we might've even been able to do a a live pod, but uh, unfortunately it's not going to happen this time, maybe in the future. Um, But I am happy to say that my co-host got a win in his best bets um, or his best bet singular. I did not. So we were one-on-one. Unfortunately, haven't had the two and oh, we were looking for, except that happened only two episodes ago. So not too long, Uh, but we'd love to get another one coming into this one. Uh, my loser, unfortunately, was Ranger Suarez, who was really good, I got to say. Um, but I feel like the Phillies bats just really haven't uh, shown up until today when Ian Anderson was the, uh, the potion to, to wake him up. Um, Walker, uh, excuse me, Ranger Suarez was pretty good. Stayed in a little too long. His line didn't look as good at the end, but was only down 2-1 before giving up a big home run, giving him a single, and then... Uh, the Phillies bullpen came in just to really embarrass themselves yet again. Um, I think the Phillies are a team I'm looking to go against, but the, the Cubs, you know, they came through for you, which is saying That's something because right. that is a bad team. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're both really bad. But the Cubs have, um, I'd say, some impressive uh, hitters in that lineup. I, I do have to admit, you know, Wilson Contreras is having an all-star season. He's great. He's, he is fantastic. Ian, Ian Happ. I think we'll also be the all-star game this year. He's having a pretty solid season. He might be one of those maybe finalist guys that might make it into those all-star game. They, they, they do have some potential, um, I'd say improvements for next year and the years after this morale kid is, is so electric. I, I love watching him play. I actually watched almost the entire game. I missed like the first inning or two. And then I watched the rest of the game until they, until the final out. And I said on the podcast on Wednesday, Griff, you were there. I said it. If Griffin, if Don Griffin, if I, lo- I looked at the G here and Hunter Green, and I just said Griffin. But if Hunter Green can throw strikes with a fastball and also mix in with the breaking ball, he might have success, but he didn't. That's the problem. Let up three and runs, only lasted four innings. Did strike out five, but he didn't go the distance. And that's what our rookies do. They kind of have the struggle. The command might not be there right off the bat, but the kid's going to have a nice long career. Uh, Justin Steele, he did the, did his job, six strikeouts, one earn. Uh, David Bodie really gave Justin Steele and, and the rest of the Cubs uh, a couple of heart attacks. He booted three balls. Don't know how he didn't have three errors. They called him all his hits. So uh, do that with what you will. But um, I got a W, which is nice. 
nice to have a, a, a home scorekeeper uh, because that oh, is yeah, another, always besides that. robot umpires, robot scorekeepers might be the next thing we need. Cause the joking, I mean, it's this absolute joke uh, what some of these scorekeepers do. And, and now that they just give wins to anybody because um, no one ever seems to go five innings as a starter anymore. That is another thing that grinds my gears, but that's not exactly going to get us to our series spotlight. So um, if you're, it, I'll go first on, on my series spotlight. If, if we're ready for it, Taylor uh, might be jumping the rundown a little bit, but I'm going to go with big, I think the biggest series of the weekend, and that is the Padres visiting the Dodgers. It starts tonight with Joe Musgrove off of his first start back from COVID. Uh, he's going to be in Chavez ravine taking on the Dodgers. Unfortunately, we're not discussing that one at length on this podcast, but it's Mitch white starting the rest of the Dodgers rotation for this series, Tony Gonsolin, Tyler Anderson, who's been struggling a little bit after a great start and Clayton Kershaw on Sunday, whereas the Padres are coming in in second place in division off to a pretty good start, but certainly have been struggling off offensively ever since Manny Machado got hurt. They're going Blake Snell with a nice, 0-5 goose egg wins on the season <laughs> uh, starting on Friday. Then you Darvish and Mackenzie Gore, who had a good start, bounce back start, but have been struggling with location recently. Um, looks like a series where the, the Dodgers will be favored in every game. I mean, pretty easy to say for the most, most part. Any game they're playing, but especially at home and with those starters the way they line up. But I think it's a big series for the Padres. If they can go to L.A. and get a a, a, a a split, a two and two, I think would be great for, for the Padres, probably looking more like a series win for the Dodgers three, one. And I think the ultimate goal for the Padres not get swept. Any thoughts on that series? You picked a good one. You did pick a good one. This is has huge implications on the American, on the, uh, excuse, excuse me, national league West being that the Dodgers only have a game, a game and a half. That's a game and a half lead. I, I would say, both of us didn't expect the Padres to be a game and a half Definitely. Right at the at July 4th weekend. And we're going to be seeing a killer series. We might have a team that a new team in first place. You never know. I mean, the Padres have been in first this season, which is very surprising to me. I feel like the Dodgers, I mean, what a, a pretty bad series for them in Denver uh, against the Rockies coming off a, a, a long series in Atlanta, or emotional one, Freddie Freeman crying like the whole, whole time. It seemed like um, I just feel like the Dodgers have, I mean, 18 games over 500, hard to argue with that um, only really behind what is an incredible Yankees record uh, or so far this season. But I feel like the Dodgers haven't been that great so far based on our expectations. So we'll see if they can kind of, start climbing and I'm sure they're going to do a lot of, of work at the deadline to strengthen the team, uh, which yeah. seems a little unfair to me, but whatever. You know what? There's, there's when you're watching baseball games and you're watching a series like this, a lot of things surround it could make it a little more exciting. You know, for one, this is a division rivals in division rivals. It's the short lead in, for first place, but the Dodgers do have a few things that are off the field. You know, the Freddie Freeman situation, Freeman just fired his agent, an emotional weekend in Atlanta and not playing as great as they, as they hoped. And also remember that Dave Roberts guaranteed a world series bounded team. And yes, they're 18 games over 500, but they did not expect the Padres to play this well. And I don't see the Padres slowing down even with Tatis coming back shortly 
Like he's coming back, and this team's only going to get better with Mach- a healthy Machado eventually, and hopefully Blake Snell gets his act together. But ha, ha. I, if, we'll yeah, see, I know, that's, we'll that's, see that's, about we'll that see. one. We'll see about. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't think Tatis is soon. I, I would like it to be. I, it I'm seems like it because all we're hearing, well. it seems like it's soon because we, what we see is he's taking batting practice. He's chilling the dugout with all his gear. Yeah. It gets me all excited. It gets all of us excited. I love baseball. Yeah. But when it comes to this series, the Dodgers, I think, had the upper hand in. I'd say in the first two games. Maybe actually all three. I mean, the Mackenzie Gore versus uh, Clayton Kershaw is going to be extremely interesting to watch. Kershaw being like the dominant lefty for over almost two decades, and then Mackenzie Gore being the next one up in that division, potentially another lefty. So it, we're going to see a lot of great pitching and a lot of great stuff. I think Darvish versus uh, or at Tyler Anderson on Saturday looks to be the best situation for the Padres to steal a game, if not tonight with Musgrove. Think, and yeah. I'm happy to report that uh, Manny Machado is batting second in the lineup for tonight at DH uh, in a 9-10 Central, 10-10 Eastern, 7-10 on the West Coast, 8-10 Mountain Time. Don't want to forget any of those people out there. Um, that should be a good one. I'm going to be tuning in for sure, COVID or not. And my best bet continues in that division on the West Coast. And you mean your the, series spotlight? Sorry, sorry. What did I say? Best bet? Look, yeah, I, that's I'm, later in the show. Stop, stop uh, teasing everyone already. Come on, it's like you're in the Hansons already. We we even talked about it before the show started. I feel like I'm still on vacation mode. Look, guys, but before we even started, I thought we were on Wednesday episodes. I was even looking at the Wednesday schedule. I'm all over the place, but I'm gonna get right back to it. My series spotlight. We're still in the same division. Chicago White Sox travel all the way to San Francisco to play the Giants. This is huge in a lot of ways. Let me, I'll get that to that in one second, but let's just dive into the pitching matchups. Game one, Lance Lynn against Alex Cobb. Game two, which I think it's going to be the best of the three, it is Dylan Cease versus Tyler Webb. That is a hell Logan, of a pitching match. Logan. Logan Webb. Logan Webb, excuse me. <laughs> Dude, I'm all over the place right now. I need get to it get together. My- Get my act together. And then the last one, it's Lucas Giolito versus Anthony DiSclafani. Now let's bring it to it. I'm going to bring myself back then. I like this series because, look, the Giants could maybe gain some ground in this division. Yes, there are six back, but this could be a, a crucial opportunity for the San Francisco Giants to gain some points, gain some games in that division, being that the Dodgers and the Padres are battling against each other right now. And for the White Sox, I feel like, Griff, we say that in every episode, this series for the White Sox is so important. This series for the White Sox is so important. Every series for them is important. But is this going to be this series if it goes neg- negatively for them? Is this it for Tony LaRusso? Because look, they're five and a half out. The Twins bullpen has been killing them all year. The Guardians seem like to be the most surprising team in that division. And maybe in baseball, we didn't see them actually trying to compete this year. Imagine if they get swept in San Francisco and the Guardians just keep winning. This they're gonna be eight and a half out. It could be. And that's really bad for a team that's been so so hyped up, including myself hyping this team up because I thought they were going to win the division. There's a lot of impl- implications for this to, for this uh, series for both teams, but more important, I think, for the White Sox. I'll believe when Tony or Lewis gets fired, I'll be shocked because I don't think they're going to do it. Um, I think he shouldn't have been there at all, 
but that's another whole story. Uh, yes. I'm using the White Sox are one of the most disappointing teams in baseball right now, if not the, um, and you know, they're pretty bad. They, um, lost series at, at the angels in disappointing fashion, despite having a lead. Um, they're really thin in the bullpen. It seems like if they don't have Liam Hendricks, that means they got to save Kendall Graveman for the ninth inning and getting the, to the eighth or ninth is really, really difficult for them. Um, they also can't hit right-handed pitching, which the giants seemingly took a, a page out of that uh scouting report and they are starting all righties as they should though gotta say Di Sclafani is uh really scary to back right now so I feel like if there's any game of that series the White Sox should get Sunday Logan Webb's been really hard for him even though uh Dylan Cease is awesome it's great swing and miss and uh Alex Cobb tough to really know what you're going to get from him he's definitely not lived up to my personal expectations so far this season mm-hmm. uh but Lance Lynn has been pretty inconsistent ever since he came off the IL Maybe he's just kind of getting his reps in to to get back to to normal, but he's also older. Um, he's always he's not a great guy too. off the field. He's and, always and I, angry. God, I look. I get it, dude. You know, you want to get amped up, but mfing every single time you're in the mound and a strikeout and you grab your crotch. I get it. You're tough. Like relax. You also stink. You also stink right now. You're not great. Your team sucks. So why don't you just get through three outs, get in the dugout, go back out there and continue to do your thing. I don't know. Do I not like him? Maybe. Do I have a little looking a, a, forward, a vendetta? Maybe. I'm looking forward to the last game of the night that we're going to go over soon uh, for, <laughs> for us to discuss Alex Cobb at Lance Lynn. I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to I might just hmm. even let you just lead us off and I'll, I'll tell you the hey, game, maybe. the price, and let you go uh, wax poetic on us. You know what? Before, um, before I get to have the opportunity and you to take off on our Friday card, let me just do this one ad here, and then we can jump right in. How's that sound? That sounds good. All right. So we've mentioned it on this podcast numerous times about signing up for pregame.com, but I mentioned on last week's ep- last episode on Wednesday how important the forums are. The pregame forums is a great place to share your picks, your opinions, and questions with other sports bettors. Look, you can create your own little community on there. I know I have Griffin has. It's it's really nice to see some of our listeners are even on there discussing some things that are going on in the baseball world. You can just simply log into pregame.com in your account, click on the form type, and boom, you just started your own conversation. Pregame.com forum is in real time and is open 24-7. You want to share stats, odds, your opinions on maybe who the GOAT is or who do you think is going to win our series spotlight we just mentioned, go in there and talk about it. The forums are filled with passionate sports fans like Griffin and I and yourself. So if you haven't signed up for pregame.com yet, go do that and have an experience in our forums. Simply put, if you're not in there, you're really just missing out. Go do that right now and really just get into it. We all want to see you there. Go in there. Get in the game, people. Get in the Griff, game. Get into it. Now, Now, Griff, now let's get into the Friday card. Let's see it. All right. We'll start with St. Louis visiting Philadelphia. Miles Michaelis at some guy named Falter. Um, currently, Bailey Falter, maybe. Um, whoever faltered uh, on this name. Yeah, Bailey Falter. Okay, that was go. very good. Very good, Thank you. Griff. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. Um, yeah. Uh, I just wish his ERA was a 0.69, but it's not. Um, Miles Michael is currently a minus 138 on the favorite on the road over unders nine and a half. 
Uh, and the benefit of today being a really short Thursday card is that the Cardinals get the day off from all I can see, and, which is pretty nice, um, especially while Philly has been blasting Ian Anderson, which maybe was important for them uh, and getting some confidence back. But I'm still selling the Philly lineup, selling without Bryce Harper, selling the Philly bullpen right now. I think it makes sense that Miles Michaelis is a favorite on the road. But I do think that he's going to try to throw a lot of fastballs around the plate, and that could be a tough little matchup for him and getting through a, a really all-power Philadelphia lineup. But that's the thing, though. We, we want hits. Uh, home runs are great. But I, I take more base hits than just home runs because home run hitters reduce swing for the fence, launch ankles low, a lot of strikeouts. And this team does that quite often. And quite frankly, when you don't have your best hitter in the lineup, it needs to be out for, what, six weeks? I'm not looking forward to uh, betting on the Phillies if I were you. And and I really think the Miles Michael story is is awesome. You know, the last couple of years, 2021 and 2019, he did not pitch well. It was high fours, mid four ERA. 2018, he had his career year 18 and four, 283. And now we're seeing a pretty good season at as of right now with a 2.57 ERA going with him right now. He almost threw a no-hitter the other day. So I, I like Michaelis in this matchup. And, you know, when you don't have Harper in the lineup, I, I'd say it's going to be kind of tough for you. I mean, may, it might speak to Michaelis's health. I think he was in Japan uh, a few years ago before he, he came back to, to the U.S. Yeah, and between, had a really good year. Yeah, 2014, he was his last year in the bigs with the Rangers yeah, two and five, six, four, four year right. And then he 2015, 2016, 2017 was over in Japan. And then he was back with the Cardinals in 18 where he had his career year. I just, I'm not sure I'm fully believe in him. I do feel like if Philadelphia had a better starting pitcher that I knew a little bit better, I might be Aaron Nola, maybe if, if Aaron Nola was on the mound. Yeah. I mean, that would, he'd probably be on my card if he was, but he's pitching tonight. I doubt he's coming back on 24 hours rest. Next will go Miami at Washington, Trevor Rogers at Josiah Gray. Currently, Josiah Gray is actually a favorite, minus 116 at home, over under his nine. Uh, tough because Trevor Rogers hasn't really delivered this season on, on how good he was last year. Uh, but seeing the Nationals favor to anybody is a big question, especially uh, a Marlins team that's been, that's been pretty feisty. Uh, they don't have a lot of depth in their lineup they don't have a lot of power hitters they don't have a lot um really there at all but had an awesome come from behind victory last batter of the game yesterday for sandy um seeing obviously garcia who's been who's so good but just is not in the right park for his swing i think um and but nats park especially as it gets started getting hot out on the east coast uh that's where the ball starts to jump and uh josiah gray has big home run allowed problems so uh, i'm interested in the marlins right now I do have to say that one thing from last night's game you just mentioned. It was really nice to see Sandy tell Don Manley, no, I no, you're not screwing me again. You're not going to do it. And then seeing the satisfaction come from the double play and pointing at Don Manley after I that. I did see that. I, did, dude, I didn't know if that's what I saw, but I thought that's what I saw. You saw it right, Griff. Griff, I don't know about you, but that's that's the baseball I love. When I'm either betting on games like that, when I know I have so much confidence in my starting pitcher, keep him in the freaking game. You ruined me. You got me an L because of your dumb decision-making, Don Manley, Anthony Basson. Now you lost the game for Sandy. But let's just stay in this game. I'm I'm, I'm um, a little triggered. Let your best bets from a month ago go. Come on. 
Come on, guy. I know it's it's only for being healthy. Look, I Josiah Gray has been pretty impressive, being that you know he has an under four year array. It's just tough because that lineup is atrocious. It is it is very very bad. Trevor Rogers after 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 having that really nice year last year has really just kind of fallen out of place. He's so, been bad. I'll I'll say it. He's been bad. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think it's not a it's not you know a hard decision to say that because his ERA is inflated. He can't throw his command all over the place. But the Marlins lineup has been, I think, more impressive than people think because you know they've been consistently bad over the years. But they have their their moments of showing some you know pretty impressive at bats throughout an entire game. But I don't know. This is going to be an interesting matchup. Yeah, it's another situation where I think, unfortunately, Trevor Rogers is just too bad for me to look at further. Um, but yeah. with that said, uh, I'm interested in the road team. Next, we'll move to Cincinnati for Oof. Max Fried at Mike Minor. Um, and Max Fried is a is an overwhelming favorite. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Had to change the article from A to Ann because he is a monstrous favorite. Minus 222. Uh, bigger than a $2 favor on the road, which is usually reserved for the Dodgers when they go on the road. Uh, but over-under is nine. And I got to say, Mike Miner, um, he is not the same pitcher he was in 2018 or whatever that was. And uh, it's hard for me to want to try to back them, uh, I got to say. So, uh, but I mean, at this price, it's reds or nothing. And I think for me, it's nothing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what else were you supposed to say here? The last three years, he's been are atrocious. And uh, Max, this is a Max Free year, man. I'm I'm kind of saying it. That this kid has been really consistent, super clutch. But we're seeing it right in front of our eyes. This guy is the ace, the front end ace of this team, and he's really pulling for this team throughout the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he's great. Might be one of the best pitchers in the league. Um, I think very there. underrated. I think he's very underrated. I mean, I think I backed him twice against Corbin Burns, and uh, feel like that's worked pretty well for me both times. Though I think Kenley Jansen, get well soon, did blow a save for me in one of those. <laughs> uh, next, speaking of Corbin Burns at Roanzi Contreras, Milwaukee at Pittsburgh. Currently, Corbin Burns also an overwhelming road favorite. Didn't get above two dollars, but currently minus one ninety two over under seven and a half. And uh, Contreras has been pretty good. Pittsburgh's been stingy. Um, but I don't know what they're going to do with Burns's 95 to 97 mile an hour cutter. Uh, and then the bullpen behind uh, Burns as well is going to be lights out. Um, they were great in Tampa this uh, this week during their current series, uh, or I guess the series that ended yesterday. And I just don't really think that the, the Pirates are a team that I want to back at this price against a good team, uh, though there's clearly plenty of problems with the, the Brewers scoring runs. Yeah, this is going to be a nice test to see uh, how long Neil Cruz gets to face an actual Cy Young award-winning pitcher. The Cruz has been pretty uh, impressive so far in the first couple of weeks, but he might have himself a, a nice wake-up call facing this, the rating Cy Young award winner. I think this is a kind of a clear-cut pick here. Yeah, um, it's just going to be hard because with David Bednar still looking like he's got back problems for Pittsburgh, I don't know who's going to close in that. Uh, bullpen because Chris Stratton is clearly not the answer. Uh, next, we'll go to Colorado for Arizona at the Rockies. Merrill Kelly at Antonio Sensatella. Curly Sensatella minus 117 favorite. And Kelly's been pretty good so far this year. I, I was actually 
thinking that he'd kind of fallen off, but I think he's still pitching well. Um, and that's the way that I lean currently, though. I got to say, Antonio Sensatella is not going to ever strike out many. He's going to throw a lot of fastballs that seem to be in the middle of the plate, but I, he must have great movement because he does a great job of um, of limiting hard contact, and that's important in Denver, obviously. But uh, it's kind of weird to, for me to see the Rockies favored, though. Neither of these teams are going anywhere. So the last time that Merrill Kelly had the opportunity to get to face the Colorado Rockies, it was in Colorado, and it was on May 6th, and he threw a gem. Eight and two-thirds, let up just one earned run, eight strikeouts, two walks, seven hits. That's what you call a gem. That is a gem of a game against the Rockies in Colorado. I like Merrill Kelly here in this one. So that that matchup to start the year was at, was in Arizona, is what you're saying. But you, oh, like I'm sorry, yes, at you're Colorado. Correct. Yes, yes, yes. I was looking at another matchup, um, but yeah, I, I like I like it. Look, it's an in division game. It's not the first time he's ever faced the Rockies. Like the history, and of course, pitching in Arizona just a few months ago, having some nice success. Against I, I just wonder Rockies when I when I look at the D backs bullpen. Um, I mean, they've got arms that have done it in the past. I just, I, it's hard to know, but is Mark Melanson, is Ian Kennedy, I guess, are they collectively both over the hill? Maybe they are, and that's why they so. ended up in the desert. I mean, I think Mark Melanson took a two-year deal because he wanted to be a closer and didn't really care about trying to compete for it at a better team. But I think his previous uh, year he pitched pretty well, and that's why he got the two-year deal. Yeah, I think he was good in San Diego, but I, I feel like if – other teams were giving him two years. He probably would have gone there. So I feel like that was probably a, I'll go or who's going to give me some, some guaranteed money. Cause he's getting older. And uh, I mean, Daniel Bard on the other side is, is tough to trust. I don't know. The bullpens in that one are, are scary. Uh, next we'll go to my series spotlight, Blake Snell and the Padres visiting Chavez Ravine and the Los Angeles Dodgers with Tony Gonsolin starting, who I believe is still perfect on the year. If I'm not mistaken. You are correct. Nine and zero. Um, Pretty hard to beat, 9-0, and uh, besides, I guess, 10-0. and Currently, Gonsolin is minus 168 favorite at home over under 7.5. And, a half. and uh, it feels a little short to me, this number. Um, I agree. It's about, it's about where I made it. And I got to say, tonight's line, especially with Joe Musgrove on the mound, that one seems shorter than this one by far. Um, different pitching matchup, of course. But Gonsolin's been pretty fortunate. He's, his strand rates are really high, so we'll see if he can keep that up. I just don't know how anyone could back Blake Snell. Um, he was a Cy Young winner in the past, but uh, I also had a six-pack at one point. So uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like those are similar things. Um, both existed in the past, don't really exist now. Uh, and I don't really know what to say about Blake Snell and how you can really choose to back him against the best team in, in the league. No, it's I, it's pretty obvious to see that you're going to be rolling with the Dodgers. But, you know, it's very interesting to look at this, though. Tony Gonsolin. He's not going to go the distance in a lot of it in, in his outings. Look, hopefully he goes seven innings this time, but he's his longest outing from what I've seen is six and a third innings pitched. That's it. I don't think he's seeing the seventh. I don't think that's no, that he's been he had one, two, three, four, five straight starts going exactly six innings, and he was done. That's what his limit is. If that's what he can give you as a as a ball club, you should be happy with that. Look, he's not going to really rack up the strikeouts either. He's maybe topped at seven this year. I would say seven three times against the Diamondbacks twice and the Phillies in that stretch. He's faced some good teams throughout his, his season so far. 
he's been really, I would say, the most one of the more shocking pitchers to have so much success this year. Because Griff, am I wrong? Gonzalez was more of a long man, maybe a spot starter, end of the rotation type guy. Uh, as a fantasy owner of Tony Gonsolin, uh, I would say no to that. But I saw, and I think I don't think I was alone uh, in this, but I think a lot of people saw it coming. Maybe not to this level. I mean, I've got I, him on no three way. Teams. I, I've I've got him on three teams, so I feel like that. I mean, was I expecting 1.58 ERA and 0.85 whip? No, not to that level. But uh, I think he's shown pieces in the past, and I think I've learned the hard way betting against him, thinking that, oh, this, how does this guy deserve such a price even playing for the Dodgers? So um, he's not going to go deep in, in the game, I don't think. I, I think probably six, is as you expected, is, is probably the max. But uh, the Dodgers' bullpen behind him is okay. They're also – um, gonna miss Daniel Hudson who tore his ACL. Uh, get well soon, Huddy, because he was awesome to me in that big uh, Nationals World Series run a few years back. Um, I I don't know that necessarily he is replaceable. It's currently what's on the Dodgers roster right now because Craig Kimbrell's been scary and the rest of the bullpen seems to be weaker. So maybe this is the time to get the Dodgers. I just don't think that Blake Snell's uh, an area for me to to, to really want to tempt fate. Next, we'll move to the AL, and it looks like we have an early game for Friday. Uh, Tampa at Toronto. Uh, series started tonight with a bullpen game from Tampa. They're starting Corey Kluber in this one on Friday night, or I guess Friday afternoon. Jose Barrios is starting for the Blue Jays. He's been a lot better at home, but ultimately has not been good this year. Currently, Barrios is a minus 136 favorite at home, over under his nine. Seems like a lot of runs for these two offenses. Um and I think I'm kind of at a point now with the Rays where I just – I don't trust them. I don't think that they hit well enough. I don't think they are they play defense well enough. They don't run the bases well. Their bullpen's not the same. So it's really if – you're, if you're backing them here, you're, you're betting Corey Kluber to outpitch Jose Barrios by a lot. And I just – I'm not sure that I see it. Yeah, Jose Barrios has had himself a off season. Like this has just been an off year for him. He's more of a – a two, maybe even a one for certain teams. This is the reason why the Blue Jays got him to be a big, big, big time pitcher when you're facing in division rivals like the Tampa Bay Rays. Corey Kluber, way past his prime. I'm very surprised of kind of how long he's been pitching so far. He's in July and he's still pitching decently he's been well. Good. Uh, yeah, it's just over the years, he's been extremely injury prone. The, the Yankees, the only after throwing the no hitter, he was done after that. His arm was shot. Um, his final days as a Cleveland Guardian was, you know, he didn't look the same. I'd say that it's tough uh, with with how Barrios has pitched this year. It's getting me a little um, anxiety if I want to p- pick him. But the 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 offense for the Blue Jays has been pretty impressive. Also with Alejandro Kirk being potentially the All Star game starter at the catcher spot. Interesting to highlight Alejandro Kirk of all Blue Jays hitters. I'm just uh, saying because he's been surprised. I'm very surprised at how well he's been playing. I know he's a decent hitter, but the guy is potentially an all-star here. Definitely an all-star. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Blue Jays are good. They're very right-handed, so it helps that Kluber's a righty. Um, I also think that he's they've managed his workload really well, have the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, um, maybe the – I don't know. The Yankees could have taken a page out of that book instead of mismanaging him. But uh, I guess when you throw a no hitter, it's hard to take him out of the game. And he probably was saying, I don't care if you cut me tomorrow, you're not taking me out. So that's probably one part of it. Uh, But certainly one of those things, I think you trust Corey Kluber until he gets hurt, which is probably coming, looming somewhere near. Um, 
it's just hard to, man, because even if, if they're going to stay with that kind of philosophy and have them go between five and six innings, you still got three, three innings to cover from the Rays bullpen. And I just don't see where they're going to get it effectively. Um, and that was a thing that the Rays were always good at before, but they've been getting rid of relievers thinking they could just pick them off, off the scrap heap like they've done for so long. Doesn't look like that's happening so far. Next, we'll move to uh, the best record in baseball in New York Yankees visiting the Cleveland Guardians, who have been way better than I think anybody expected. Um, Aaron Savale is the home starter, but Garrett Cole is minus 201, 201 favorite, $2 favorite on the road. We're starting to get that time of year. We're getting a lot of those. Um, so it's usually an August thing. So we're way early, uh, July 1st, but uh, over under is eight and, uh, Savali's so been a lot better lately, but I don't really believe in him. Guy, um, I, I think he's going to have real trouble with the Yankee lineup, even on a weird travel situation, considering they're in Houston right now. Um, what do you got for Garrett Cole? Is he going eight innings or nine tomorrow? I'd say go nine. I don't know. I'm I'm just kidding. No, I'm kidding. This this offense for the Guardians is extremely impressive of how they've played. They played really well against the Twins. Um, you know, we we kind of ragged on them a little bit about, I don't know, three weeks ago, that was just Jose Ramirez. That's their lineup. But Andres Jimenez is playing great. Josh Naylor, who's been playing very well in his role, if it's first base, if it's the outfield, whatever that means. The only thing for Aaron Savali, which I was so impressed with him last year, 12-5 and record, 3-8-4 ERA. He looked like he was going to be maybe a guy that's going to be in this rotation for you know years to come. I know he's he's not, you know, he's 27 years old. He's He's my age. And I feel like after this nice season as a rotation guy for the first time, maybe this could be a continuous thing for him. This year, on the other hand, a 7-2-0 ERA. Yes, his last three starts have been quite better. Tigers, Twins, and the Red Sox. Red Sox, he only went four innings. But I can't in any you know any other planet just think about picking the Guardians in this matchup. It just can't happen with how Cole's pitched as of late. Next, we'll go Kansas City with Brad Keller starting at Detroit, but no starter announced for Detroit just yet. So we'll skip that one as uh, that is two of the worst offenses in baseball. Dueling it out to see who could score first, and that will probably be enough. Next, we'll go Angels at the Astros. Michael Lorenzen at Christian Javier. Javier coming off his 13 strikeout outing in the Bronx. Going to be tough to follow that one up, but he is facing a much easier lineup, to say the least, which is essentially – uh, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and a bunch of scrubs. Um, Lorenzen's going to pitch to a lot of contact, which is a dangerous thing against the Astros. Um, current number is Javier is minus 138 favorite over unders eight and a half. Uh, feels pretty short to me uh, to back Christian Javier here, even after uh, a big outing in the Bronx. I was so impressed with how he pitched against the Yankees in that combined no hitter. I was extremely impressed he only has gone the the longest in his outings this year is six innings now was twice against the rangers both times going seven innings against a team like that very impressed that's all i'm going to say very very impressed how christian javier has been i kind of i guess i wasn't really on him because i know he was more of a bullpen guy last year he was a bullpen guy last year but um yeah, I like Javier. He's looking good. He's always been floating between uh, bullpen, and I feel like the Astros, maybe to protect his arm, have never committed to to starting him full time. But certainly something they should think about. And uh, I'm just really thankful for him, Christian Javier, a man of the people, 
fanning the entire Bronx crowd uh, with all those swings and misses. Next, we'll go to God. Baltimore. You love that one. You love that one. You son of a bitch. Uh, love uh, Baltimore. Uh, Let's go right to the next one. We'll move to we'll move to Baltimore at Minnesota with a a man named I think it's Spencer Watkins at Joe Ryan. Joe That's Ryan, correct. a minus two twenty favorite at home over under eight and a half. Um, another big number, especially considering how feisty those Orioles have been. Um, but there's a couple things here. Baltimore struggles to hit, but Joe Ryan has really, I mean, he was out with COVID for a really long time. I don't really know how to explain that completely, but, um, he was struggling big time has not come back to success. Um, the Minnesota bullpen, uh, you might've seen my, uh, runaway garbage truck lit on fire today, Jeff, if you're following (laughs) me on Twitter. Um, that is a, a good picture uh, from the past, but definitely r- describes the Minnesota bullpen quite well right now. So seeing them as a $2.20 favorite is a pretty big number. I just don't know if I can buy in on, on the Orioles, though this is a huge price. Maybe a run line, I don't know, something right here. Because I feel like the, the Orioles are probably worth a look considering all the trauma that the Twins bullpen has, has been uh, undergoing. I, I agree. I think you really need to take a look at this. Uh, we are, look, we are talking about the Orioles, right? You're talking about offense that's really inconsistent, pretty young, and a pitcher named Spencer Watkins who really hasn't had some success this year. But Griffin alluded to just seconds ago that Joe Ryan has had some struggles the last three starts, four runs against the Mariners, three against the Guardians, and another three more against the Rockies, only going five innings in his last start on June 26th. Joe Ryan is a decent pitcher. I think he's pretty good. He just has some struggles with last items, but the bullpen problems are humongous, are so bad. And I'm very surprised that, that the Twins, look, they're in first place, but not by much, but I'm surprised that they're in first place still with how bad their bullpen's been this year. I mean, it's where I start. I start with the bullpens, try to work backwards, see how they're going to close the game. Uh, I think that's John Duran probably in two innings of him, but – I don't even know how they get to seven because Joe Ryan, he's been one of those guys that uh, he's from the Rays organization has a really good fastball, though it's not at a really high rate of speed. Um, so that's a concern, but I got to say, looking a little bit deeper at Spencer, Spencer with an S two S's Spencer. Hadn't seen that before, um, but he's got some pretty ugly numbers striking out uh, a batter every other inning. So it takes some two innings to get one K that's scary in this year's, this version of baseball in the year of our Lord, 2022. Next, we'll move to Oakland at Seattle. James Caprillion at Marco Gonzalez. Currently, Gonzalez is another big favorite pro- approaching $2. He's minus 185 over unders eight. Uh, Mark Gonzalez keeps drawing these really bad AL West offenses, which is making him look good. He's not going to strike out really anybody. Caprillion's a, a big injury concern. I know he's from the Yankees organization. I'm not sure he really did right. much for them. But um, the A's are awful, and they aren't trying to win. And even if they take a lead, no way you can trust their bullpen. So this is a stay as far away from possible for me. Yeah, James Caprillion, former Yankee great, is what they said. You know, they usually say that. Um, No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Caprillion's had himself a tough year. And as you you alluded to, Mark Gonzalez loves facing the American League West and also just poor teams. He has faced – the A's, the Astros, the Rangers, Athletics, Angels, those those teams since May 23rd. 
that's a lot of in-division games and a lot of in-division opponents too. And, you know, I, I think that's also pretty important uh, when it comes to uh, the Mariners rotation. They need guys to rely on. And, you know, Mark Gonzalez, the record doesn't show, but, you know, you're, you're, you've alluded to a few episodes back that you're not, you're so into the, the record uh, showing if a team, a pitcher is good or not, which, you know, usually people don't. But the ERA is nice. Three, three, one for a solid ERA from a rotation guy. And being that this rotation has really been poor this year, they got Robbie Ray in free agency and he's been terrible. So if you want a guy like Mark Gonzalez to face an division team like this and a poor team, I think this is the way to go. I'm going to go with him. Yeah, I think it's nice that so the Astros in there certainly wasn't easy. The Angels definitely better than what the A's are going to put out there, but um he's been he's been serviceable i think he pitched really well against the astros too he pitched he was seven in the third innings pitch two earned against the astros not striking out the world only two but he pitched well on may 29th against the Astros. yeah two k's and seven in the third innings so that's 22 outs if my math is correct only two by strikeout that's a bit of a concern for me feels a lot of luck involved in that but um you don't need a lot a lot of luck when you're facing the double athletics um Next, we'll go Boston at Chicago. No line for this one. Rich Hill looking at looks like, looks like Adrian Sampson, who uh, is a journeyman to say the least. Um, imagine the at the excuse me, the Red Sox will be a favorite there. Next, we'll go Texas at the Mets. Glenn one eight hundred auto at Chris Bassett, um, okay. and unfortunately, not my joke, but a funny one that gets Taylor every time he's on the every podcast. Bassett currently minus 173 favorite. Just saying a lot, but he's bounced back from kind of a slow start to the season. Glenado's been pretty com- competitive, I got to say. Uh, overrunners eight and a half. I think the Rangers, uh, you know, I'm not really sure how to approach them too much. I feel like as an underdog, they're worth the look because they've been, um, I think, better than a lot of people would rate them and and had a pretty good series. The Royals, I think they won two out of three, um, losing the, the last one as they went for a road sweep. Um, the Mets, you know, they have a gaudy record. They've looked really good. I'm not sure they're as good as their record says, but, um, they're pretty big favorites here. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell anyone that they're crazy for betting the Rangers here. Uh, I just, I don't know if that, that they'll make my card personally. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with how the Rangers have played this year. Only two games under 500. You know, there were some high expectations for certain players, of course, like Seager and Simeon, who've had, some off years, but they're trying to be competitive. The Glenn Otto, I don't think is the guy, but I think they're trying to be competitive. Your boy, John Gray, I think has been pitching fairly well. Chris Bassett, his ERA, I think was pretty low at one point, but it's kind of now at the 401 now. He's going to keep you in the ball game for at least six innings, maybe even go longer. And the back of that bullpen has had some struggles as of late, but they do have some really no, they have one of the best closers in the game, and Owen Diaz, ready to go at any moment's notice. So, and the offense has been uh, very impressive. So, when you have Alonzo leading the league in RBIs, and potentially he's trying to get out there with Judge and leading the league in home runs, it's big time bats in that lineup. The Rangers and Glenn Otto have to deal with. Well, before we get to our best bets, we got one more game to go through, and this is where I said I would just simply save the line and let my guy Taylor. Uh, tell us all he wants to about Lance Lynn and his barbecue obsession. Currently, Alex Cobb is a home favorite, <laughs> minus 143. Uh, Lance Lynn is opposing him on the road. Giants, who are um, fighting for the playoffs right now. The White Sox, who are fighting for 500. 
give us what you got on uh, on your guy Lance Lynn. Before I do that, I was cop. I just want to talk about him for a second. Lance Lynn's at the last line. Oh, okay. Like okay. that one. Um, Alex Cobb has been very inconsistent this year. Yes, his last three starts, he's left a total of six runs, two in each of them, all against crappy teams. The Reds twice and the Pirates right in the middle there. It's That's not impressive to me. And the fact that he only went four innings in two of those starts, his last two starts, it's alarming. And I know we've talked about how Alex Cobb's going to be this, you know, the, the saving grace for the bull for this rotation for the San Francisco Giants. He really hasn't panned out. But Lance Lynn, who has all he does is talk shit. All he does is talk about how great he is, and he shows it on the mound. Well, his last start against one of the worst offenses in the game, the Baltimore Orioles, didn't pitch so well. Six and two-thirds, six hits, five earned runs. Eight Ks. It's not a good start out of the so-called ace of the rotation, which I don't think he's even close to that anymore. Dylan Cease is by far, far and wide, the ace of the rotation now with Gio Little behind him at the two and Lance Lynn at the three. He's faced the Tigers and the Orioles, and he hasn't had success. Blue Jays, he had, you know, left three earned in, in five innings. Okay, if you want to call that a decent game, go ahead. That's not good for me. I, like I said before, this is a very important series for the Chicago White Sox. This could be the last series for Tony Larusa. If it's a sweep, I think that he's done. But who knows? Reinsdorf doesn't like firing his boys. So there's that. But um, his boys or his grandparents? I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, that whole, that whole organization is just fucking weird. But. Um, the Giants, I think, are going to have some success in this game because Lance the only one. He lets up runs early on. You can definitely tell. It's pretty obvious. He gets mad. When you don't have the calm demeanor to get out of big innings, which he does. He's done it before. But it's almost a, a cardinal rule. You show your emotion on the mound, it's all over. If you get angry, if you show how pissed you are about a missed call, or if you are you let up back-to-back walks and then a hit that scores two, you got to shake out of it and get out of the inning without showing any emotion. It's very hard to do, but Lance Lynn's been around for quite some time now. You get over it, brother. You, you know, we get it. You're big and strong. You, you weigh like 250 pounds, which is actually does. We get it. You're big and strong. Just strike out some guys. Try to get the White Sox and W because you can't do it. Well, thank you uh, for Lance Lynn hater, Taylor Ringgold, for that. Um, I do think that if there's ever a time to back Alex Cobb is as an underdog, not as a favorite of this size. Uh, but now everyone will be tuned in just to see how well Lance Lynn channels his emotion uh, to trying to save his old grandfather, Tony LaRusso's job. Now, before we go into our best bets, which I'll, I'll let Taylor lead off this week because he was sure. the winner uh, from Wednesday's episode. I have a promotion to give um, 20% off for all listeners for this MLB podcast. You can use the code BAT20, B-A-T-20, BAT like the things under the bridge in Austin or what they use at the plate to hit the ball over the wall while Lance Lynn's pitching. BAT20, get you 20% off any uh, subscriptions, daily packages, weekly packages, season long. You get my own that come out every night. 
um, before so you can play along with me, uh, play that stock market game or find AJ Hoffman or Steve Fezzik or whoever's on the pregame.com site. Fat 20 uh, is your promo code and use that because I think we get a little cut of it. Probably not, but maybe uh, we'll start with Taylor on our best bets and uh, then we'll wrap up the show. All right, Griff, my best bet talked about before a little bit in detail. He's had some success this season against them. I'm going with Merrill Kelly and the Arizona Diamondbacks against the Colorado Rockies, plus 107. Merrill Kelly on May 6th in Arizona against the Rockies. He went eight and two-thirds innings, struck out eight, and left only one earned run. Last few starts, I've been a little shaky, had a little four-run game against the Tigers in his last start, but I think the success will continue against an in-division rival in the Colorado Rockies. Arizona Diamondbacks plus 107. Let's call Merrill Kelly. The Diamondbacks have been a friend of the show. I think they've done pretty well for us so far this season. I'm going to go with the Houston Astros, a little bit chalkier than I usually do, but Christian Javier coming off a 13K outing does seem like a little bit of a concern, especially with Ryan Presley, the closer, working the last two days for the Astros. But I feel like they've shown that they can fill in for him. Uh, I would imagine that we'll probably see um, a little bit of a switch up in the bullpen and probably Presley not working three straight days to get three straight saves. But I just I feel like um, Michael Lorenzen going on the road, pitching to contact, which is exactly what the Astros lineup wants. Currently, Christian Javier, only a minus 140 home favorite. It's too short to me, no matter how awesome Otani and Trout are back-to-back in that lineup. Um, I'm going to take the Astros minus 140. And you can follow me on Twitter, the real underscore G Warner. Feel free, as we're still trying to collect any interests or ideas for our, our podcast on Wednesday, because we have our series spotlight on this show on Fridays. We have our weekend recaps on Mondays. Uh, but then I'm looking for that kind of center segment for Wednesday. So, so feel free to hit us up on Twitter. Uh, again, I'm the real underscore G Warner. Hit us up there. Taylor, give yours and get out. All right. So you guys can follow me at Taylor Ringold, T-A-Y-L-O-R-R-I-N-G-O-L-D. Go follow Griff. Go follow myself. Go on the forums. Go listen to the podcast. Best bets are in. Promos are in. And we will catch you guys on monday have a great july 4th weekend drink responsibly bet responsibly and continue to listen the mlb edition of rj bell's dream preview we'll talk to you guys on monday mix in the water yeah